Hello and welcome to Punch a Hole in the Wind, a look at some of the great thoroughbred racehorses who have graced our racetracks all around the world over the last century or so. I'm Ollie Hine and it's great of you to join me on this exciting trip down memory lane. My aim is to both remind you of some of your heroes from years gone by, but also to introduce you to some others whom you may not be so familiar with. We're going back to the USA today and to those balmy days of the 1960s. In fact, the subject of today's deep dive was the horse about whom it was often specifically said that he could punch a hole in the wind, thus giving the name to this podcast. He was mighty then, and his reputation has only grown since. He was Dr. Fager. To start with, a question. Do racetrack course records matter? Usually not. There are so many extenuating factors affecting the time that a race is completed in that it is clearly not a science when deciding the quality of one horse over another. But when a record is set by a horse like Dr. Fager, then we take notice. Over 50 years on, his one-mile dirt world record still holds. And that is for the simple reason that Dr. Fager was a machine like few others. A son of rough and tumble, Dr. Fager was foaled at Tartan Farms in Ocala, Florida, where the principal trainer was Nebraskan John Nerrod, a World War II veteran who moonlighted as a rodeo cowboy. Falling off a pony one day in October 1965, Nerrod gradually felt worse, before travelling to Boston to consult renowned neurosurgeon Dr. Charles Fager who immediately saw that a subdural haemorrhage was on the verge of killing Nerud. He operated immediately, saved Nerud's life, and the grateful trainer soon found a perfect way to thank his surgeon. Although only then a yearling, Dr. Fager, the horse, would grow into a strong 16.2 hand bay, with an uncommonly large head and uniquely fluid stride. Dr. Fager was willful yet sensitive from the outset, Nerod remarked, he didn't want you to raise your voice to him, and he didn't want anyone whipping him. If something didn't suit Dr. Fager, he would let you know immediately. There was something gloriously wild about him, being memorably described by one admirer as like some malevolent wind blowing around American racetracks, charging the air with the crackle of positive ions. In 1966, at two, he was more than good winning four out of five races at various East Coast tracks under regular partner Braulio Baeza, only coming up short when second to successor in the Champagne Stakes at Belmont, but it augured well. The following spring, his season started with a brutal challenge. In Aqueduct's Gotham Stakes, in front of over 50,000 spectators, he would be squaring off in front of one of the Kentucky Derby favourites, Damascus, with the legendary Bill Shoemaker up, Dr. Fager that day had Manuel Icaza on top. It would be the first spark of a rivalry like few others in US racing in the 1960s. As joint favourites, the two Colts proceeded to inexorably draw clear of the rest of the field in the home stretch. Dr. Fager and Icaza, pinning their rival firmly but fairly against the rail, just prevailed by half a length. The crowd bayed for more. And they would get it. For reasons that remain hard to fathom, other than Dr. Fagan not having the toughest knees around, 
Nered opted out of the tried-and-tested triple crown route for his top three-year-old. Instead, he next went for the Withers Stakes, where he demolished all by six lengths, and then the Jersey Derby, where, despite a seemingly innocuous ride by Akaza, to once again mince the opposition by six lengths, he was controversially disqualified for crowding the clubhouse turn and placed last. Several more top-ranked races over a mile, or just over, followed, each with an easy victory, and often with a track record for good measure. Despite sidestepping the Triple Crown races, his reputation was sky-high. He was then all set for the Woodward Stakes at Aqueduct, and another showdown with Damascus, as well as the 1966 Horse of the Year, four-year-old Buck Passer. But a trap had been set for him and he fell for it like a bear to honey. The other two colts were accompanied by pacemakers, who both haired off, and the headstrong Dr. Fager felt he absolutely had to go with them. Damascus and Buckpasser, meanwhile, sat ten lengths back. By the home turn, Dr. Fager had exhausted himself, and fell back with the rabbits, and with the others overtaking him. He would not fall for it again and it would be the only time he would finish a race outside the top two. Completing the season by first cruising to victory in the Hawthorne Gold Cup, he then won the seven furlong Vosborough stakes against older horses, to whom he nevertheless conceded considerable weight. This performance alone was enough to make him champion sprinter for the year, not bad for a horse who was so much more than a sprinter. He had been superb at three, but at four, Dr. Fager was mesmerising. US aficionados believe to this day that the good doctor's 1968 season ranks as one of the greatest by any US horse in history. From May to November, he won seven of his eight races, carrying huge weights at between seven and ten furlongs, on East Coast, West Coast, and in between. He was only beaten into second once by old rival Damascus, who he in turn beat on more level terms. His rare foray to the West Coast was diverting. One story, possibly embellished, is that Nerud believed his great colt had been allotted a little less for the California stakes at Hollywood Park, only to be told on the morning of the race that there had been a miscalculation and that he would be carrying £130 after all. Nerud let the red mist rise, as he was prone to do, but allowed his charge to run. By winning easily regardless, he made an impression on the Californians as he had elsewhere. Racing journalist Barry Irwin was there that day. He looked like a movie star of a horse. I remember reading in The Blood Horse someone described Man o' War as the closest thing to flying he's ever seen. And that's what this horse reminded me of. He was just so fast, it was unbelievable. I got goosebumps. Later in the summer, at the Whitney Handicap at Saratoga, where he cantered to victory by eight lengths, author Steve Haskin recounts, he looked like no other horse, seemingly taller than his 16.2 hands frame, and with a wild, untamed look about him. Off the track he was a gentle soul, who did not like being scolded or yelled at, but on the racetrack he ran with a reckless abandon, a force of unharnessed energy. Yet all this was the prelude to a hot August day in Chicago, when Dr. Fager was allotted a whopping £134 top weight 
for the Washington Park Handicap at Arlington. Do yourself a favour and watch it. Complete with commentator Phil Georgieff's idiosyncratic and inimitable delivery. Three things stand out. Firstly, the second quarter mile. The half mile was completed in a stunning 44 seconds flat, but that was after a slightly tamer opening quarter. So allowing for Dr. Fager's move in those two furlongs from sixth to first, it has been calculated that he completed furlongs three and four in a barely comprehensible 20.6 seconds, which out-and-out sprinters usually can't come close to when running over far shorter. There are no reliable records for the length of Dr. Fager's stride, but it was clearly enormous. Second, the home stretch. Dr. Fager sprouts wings. His jockey, Braulio Baeza, does little more than nudge him, and the picture almost doesn't seem to make sense, as the others appear to be fixed to the spot. And third, listen carefully to George F. after the finish. He goes utterly silent for a full ten seconds, in shock, before uttering, off mic, wow, this is a racehorse. And then he spots the time. It was a beasting of the first order a jaw-dropping new world mile record of 1 minute 32 and a fifth seconds. One can only imagine what time he would have done if Baeza had bothered to either push him or not pull him up well before the line. As Baeza said afterwards, if I knew he was setting a world record, all I had to do was chirp to him and he would have lowered the record even more. The following month, he ran for the one and only time on turf in the United Nations stakes at Monmouth Park, clearly hating it, but still getting up to win on class and heart alone, according to Nerud. His season and career was completed again in the Vosbra, where he was allocated £139, the highest ever in a US stakes race at that stage. Such was his reputation. Mighty to the last, he shouldered the crippling weight to a six-length victory just one-fifth of a second off the seven-furlong world record. On retirement, Dr. Fager was given the ultimate accolade of winning four categories of the American horse titles. Champion Grass Horse, Champion Sprinter, Champion Handicap Horse, and, of course, Horse of the Year. It is hugely doubtful that any thoroughbred will ever achieve this again. He was champion sire once, Posthumously, in 1977, but it is his remorseless combination of speed and strength for which he will always be remembered. And as it was Baeza who once marvelled, he could punch a hole in the wind. To find out more about Dr. Fager and other greats from the past, check out my book, Punch a Hole in the Wind, out now and available online and in bookshops. Next time, we'll go to a different part of the world, and explore the exploits of another great horse from another era who could punch a hole in the wind. But until then, this is Ollie Hine signing off and saying thank you for listening. <laughs>